We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, Steven here. I want to talk to you for a second about our sponsor, Manscaped. If you're looking for the best way to help your loved ones out in this holiday season, look no further than Manscaped. Manscaped has the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competitions. It is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and have hygiene products uh, that are now available across Europe, Canada, and Australia. Uh, you can use the promo code GUILTY at checkout for an additional 20% off your order. Definitely make sure and check out their boxers. Big fan of those as well as their crop preserver ball deodorant. Yes, that's right. They now have deodorant for your balls. Like I said, use that promo code GUILTY at checkout for an additional 20% off. And as always, thank you for your support. And a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of you from the Guilty as Charged podcast. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. It is officially not very fun rooting for this team coached by Anthony Lynn. Uh, it was actually a pretty entertaining game, but obviously the Chargers fell up just short. Uh, joining me today are Alex and Tyler. Tyler, we'll start with you, man. How you doing? I'm doing fine, and I can't wait to talk about the game. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot to talk about after today. Uh, Alex, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good today. Uh, you know, we need a coaching candidate, and it seems like Twitter has suggested Matt Patricia, who oh. we shall consider earnestly uh, <laughs> as a coaching. Nope, hire. couldn't couldn't even finish that sentence. Huh? Like, no. no, absolutely not. It's hilarious. Uh, not even as defensive coordinator or linebackers coach or anything. Stay as far away from LA as possible. I mean, I think we should um, hire Matt Patricia to uh, just be on the payroll and watch uh, Super Bowl 52 uh, game film. That's just that should be his role. <laughs> Super Bowl 52, obviously the game where the Patriots defense got lit up by Nick Foles. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it, it was just a it was a tough game. Let, let's start with the positives first and then we'll get to the negatives because, you know, unfortunately, the negatives do outweigh the positives. But. Joey Bosa, man, like, that was a hell of a performance Oof. from Joey Bosa. You know, you're down Melvin Ingram, you're down Uchenna and Wosu. I mean, he almost single-handedly, you know, carried this defense to the best performance of the season. And, you know, he forced a turnover. He got two sacks, or he got three sacks, excuse me. Uh, I think I saw that he had six tackles for loss. Joey Bosa was on fire today, and, uh, you know, this defense played the best game of the season, I think. I don't know what the Bills did to Joey Bosa, but by golly, does he love to go beat up the Bills quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, I think if he ended up having seven tackles for loss, I don't know what he ended up with, but 
you almost having 10 plays where you force a negative play for the opposing team by yourself is ridiculous. If they want to keep blocking him with receivers and tight ends or just not blocking him at all, that's yeah. completely fine. Uh, I feel bad for Matt Barkley, who came in for one snap and got blasted. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, I, I don't feel that bad. It felt good to watch, I guess. But um, no, the defense played really well. The, the box score, you know, showed that they played like an okay game, I suppose. But, you know, overall, I thought they played really well outside of that first drive, that first defensive pass interference. We're going, oh boy, here we go. You know, they locked it down in the second half. Give credit to even some decent, well-timed Gus Bradley blitzes with, you know, Chris Harris forcing the interception. Uh, they played really well. I don't know how this game would have looked without Joey Bosa, but overall, a very solid performance against a team who does score quite a bit. Yeah, Joey Bosa, the final stat line, eight tackles, seven solo tackles, three sacks, six tackles for loss, and of course, the one fumble recovery. So quite a impressive performance from Joey Bosa. Um, yeah, no, just an awesome game from him, you know, especially as we mentioned before, no Chenna and Wosu, no Melvin Ingram. Uh, to have a game like that was just not something that I thought uh, was going to happen. I mean, I always thought it was possible, but uh, I didn't think it would happen against this Bills team, uh, specifically also with how hard it is to bring Josh Allen down um, consistently. And um, shout out to the secondary as well. I mean, Chris Harris was awesome in his first game back. Michael Davis was great. Um, I, I really can't think of a specific weakness in the secondary. I mean, Nasir Adderley was, uh, but other than him, I mean, it was a pretty great effort from everyone involved. Uh, you know, especially on a week where <laughs> the whole narrative was really like, what are they going to do about Stefan Diggs? Cause you know, there's no Casey Hayward, uh, and, and Stefan Diggs is such a good route runner, but they, they always kept Stefan Diggs really behind the first down line, whenever he caught something and, and caused him to retreat, uh, kept up with him pretty well. Uh, so that, that was great to see. Uh, so yeah, no, secondary was just awesome. Defensive line was awesome. The linebackers, well, well, Paraman went down, which that, uh, I, I feel like caused a lot in the game to go wrong. Uh, especially when Kenneth Murray had to run defend in the second half, which wasn't pretty. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, the defense, honestly, I mean, giving up 24 points in the first quarter is one thing, but they had a great game through and through. And then um, positively on offense, Eckler was great. Um, he was just always around the ball. Uh, I didn't think he would get that much playing time in his first game back, but he also kind of had to because they, they weren't getting anything from Troy May Pope. They got one drive out of Josh Kelly, um, which was a good one. Uh, I won't poop on him this week. But, uh, no, I mean, it, it was just bad offensive play calls. But, I mean, there were good individual offensive performances on this team, uh, like Eckler, like Kelly, not the offensive line. Uh, that was a mess. But, uh, no, I mean, there were definitely some positives, especially on defense in this game. They, they stayed competitive with the Bills, which I liked. But it, it all came down to the coaching. Hello? Steven? Uh, yeah, sorry. My my internet was my internet froze out there. Did you finish your thought, Alex? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know, the offense got... I, I, I mean, Austin Eckler touched the ball way more than I thought he would. He had 14 carries and 11 catches. Wow. Uh, you know, Tyler tweeted out that after that one push-up thing, I think it was pretty clear uh, that he was he healthy. So He looked very good, and, you know... Uh, the, the team clearly missed him, you know, getting back to the defense for a second, you know, I, I know that a lot of people have, have pooped on Rayshon Jenkins, but I mean, he's been fantastic ever since the bye week and he really has, he's making plays, had a couple tackles for loss today. And, you know, I I'm totally okay with Rayshon Jenkins staying around, getting a, a second deal with the chargers. I think he's been one of the few bright spot, really the only bright spot in the secondary consistently. Um, you know, Alex mentioned Michael Davis who played very well today. And then, you know, Nick Vigil, he, all he does is get turnovers, man. <laughs> it, it's so weird. Like, he's just so limited athletically. But, you know, he just comes in and, and he he just goes after the ball. He's always punching at the ball. He's always making plays. He had a pass breakup in the, in the red zone. So, you know, Nick Vigil, I'm not saying, like, bring him back. But maybe they should because all he does is create turnovers for this team. That's worth bringing him back. Absolutely. He's got – so it's his – 
two fumble recoveries and one forced fumble. Yeah. This season, I believe at least amazing. I mean, that's great. Obviously, if you recover two fumbles, it's not really, you know, your thing. You know, Perryman forces a fumble and you pick it up. That's nice. But still, <laughs> whatever magic he brings, just being on the field and getting, you know, three fumbles and he's around three fumbles, that's great. So if he returns next season, I'm fine with that. Um, especially if we, you know, we don't know if, if Perryman even returns next season. So it might just be a necessity to have him return. And as far as Rayshon Jenkins, I don't know what this safety tandem would look like without him. Like Adderley has been next to useless. And I can't imagine if they had to actually roll out Alohi Gilman as their strong safety <laughs> the combination of Natalie of Adderley and Gilman is sounds like a decent law firm, but it's not a very good safety tandem. That's for sure. So you know, <laughs> Jenkins is, he played well today. He was around the ball quite a bit. I don't know how many tackles he ended up with, but I, I does he, he had 11, 11. 11 so he tackles. probably led the, led the team in tackles. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. And you know, I get that first defensive pass interference call. That was rough, but otherwise very solid game and a lot of energy. There's a lot of times you could see him clapping and, you know, getting pumped up for the team. And I think he's always been like that. And that's really a one, the one bright spot on the defense. So, well, sorry, in the secondary. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talked, you know, leading up to this game, like what this defense had to do for the, for the chargers to have a chance. And they pretty much did it. I mean, Joey Bosa had three sacks. Rochelle had a couple pressures. Lamont Joseph had a couple pressures. Uh, they got three turnovers. Like the defense did exactly what they had to do. Obviously they gave up 27 points. Um, but really like, I mean, this was the, essentially the perfect game from the, from the chargers defense heading mm-hmm. into Buffalo, which is a very tough place to play. Now, the, the one negative I will bring up on defense is Jerry Tillery, man, like what the hell, mm-hmm. um, he had one tackle, he had more penalties than tackles and both of his penalties were just so stupid. And, you know, it, when he's on, he's, he's a very good pass rusher. You know, we've seen that against Oakland and we've seen that against or Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas. Uh, we've seen that against Cincinnati, but when he's bad, he's really freaking bad. And I don't know how many plays MK Egbele had, but when Tillery just gets in that bad, it's almost like he's just in a bad mood and, mm. and he just is out there, you know, making stupid mistakes. It would have been nice to see Egbele get some more burn. I, I think, that really is like the biggest negative on defense for me. And you mentioned Gus Bradley. He called way more blitzes today than I think any of us have seen in a very long time. So uh, to me, Jerry Tillery, man, like I just don't know. Like he's been much better than he was as a rookie, but that's almost just like natural progression. But when he's bad, he's just awful. Yeah, Jerry Tillery, I, I really – my issue with him coming into this game was if he's playing edge um, – they need to set the edge, you know, against the run. And, you know, they got gashed today like consistently. And the Bills, there were a couple times the Bills just ran the same running play, like, multiple times, and then it just worked. <laughs> you know, there was no stopping them. Uh, so he was a problem in that sense. Uh, the, the two penalties, especially the roughing the passer, where it's just like, you know, that was like 10 Mississippis after the throw. <laughs> like yeah. I, I really don't know how you do that um and the the weird thing about it is like he felt slow in this game like when bosa forced that fumble that wasn't a yeah. fumble he it was like you know he was running like a tom brady 40 yard dash to try to get to the ball and i, I was <laughs> it was just so weird uh, to see like a, not that he's like the fastest guy in the world or anything but um i i don't know very very weird i would say I wouldn't say it was a totally complete game from the defense because there were a lot of miscues, I think, in the first yeah. half. We talked about Tillery's penalties. The too many men on the field, which gave uh, Buffalo more life, and then uh, they bit really hard on that Beasley fake. But it, it was it was well executed. Uh, can't can't say much yeah. about that. So I would say it was definitely better effort in the second than the first. But uh, you know, if, you're, if you're looking for a defensive least valuable player, it certainly was Jerry Tillery. Yeah, I definitely don't want to want to make it seem like I was saying that this was a perfect game overall. But like, considering what we've been watching the past you know couple of months from this defense, like today was you know, today was easily their best defensive performance of the season, and that's kind of sad. But also, like, I mean, that's just the state of the Chargers' defense right now. And anytime you can go into Buffalo, play the ten o'clock game, East Coast, Buffalo's off their bye, so you know, of course, they're going to come out of the gate with you know fully prepared and ready to go. No Hayward, no Inmosa, no Ingram and hold them to 24 points and get three turnovers, you really can't ask for better than that. Like, that is 
it really is almost a perfect performance. Like from what you need to win this game, you know, the Jets, you know, you have to outscore 30 something points just to beat the Jets. You only had to score 25 to beat the Bills today on the road. That's pretty good. So as far as Tillery goes, and I'm going to just transition into the negatives of the game. I think this Chargers team is just stupid. Like they're yeah. stupid <laughs> all the way around. And they're dumb. Like the yeah, ask the coaches, it's definitely the coaches. And I don't, sorry, I don't mean like, you know, like our Herbert's really smart. Like he's got 4.0 or whatever. No, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. football stupid. Yes. They're, they're, they're football, football stupid. You know, yeah. how many times are we going to watch, you know, Darren Waller, the Jets tight end, and then I think Knox today get the same rebound in the end zone for a touchdown? Easy. Clock management, terrible. A total inability to change. Are you going to start throwing to Mike Williams anytime soon? The game management was terrible. I have no idea what happened at the end of the of the second quarter there. I don't know what the decision was. You know, you get stupid penalties. That's where I'm you know, tying this in. Der- Jerry Tillery, what a stupid penalty. This team just all year gets stupid penalties. You know, thankfully, I don't know why teams aren't trying to get the Chargers to jump off sides more because those were stupid penalties at the beginning of the year. You know, they can't get some of their players involved on offense. Where's Donald Parham? That worked and it just didn't work once and they just stopped going to it. The Joe Reed plays worked. There was no reason to stop going to those plays. They worked against the Raiders, you know, a couple of plays here and there. I'm not saying feature him, but what happened? Like, are you dumb? Did you forget that it was working, that you drafted him? You know, and then you finally, you, you try to run some fourth down plays and we're just going to run up the middle. Okay, that didn't work at the beginning of the season. You adjusted that in the middle of the season and it, look, look you went outside. It worked, like things worked. And then you forget that. And of course you don't convert. And then you finally go outside and then you just let Kelly take the, the pitch or whatever it was. And like, why Kelly? Like, that was your best option. Joe Reed <laughs> is active and healthy. What are you doing? You know, and then you have Nick Vigil, too many men on the field. And he's just jogging off. Like, are you stupid? Like, how do you not know that you're supposed to get your ass off the field? You know, some horrible timeouts again. And the end of the half, or excuse me, end of the, the, the game was about as bad as I've ever seen. And I've been trying to defend Anthony Lynn many times for different, even stupid ideas you know, not going for it on fourth against the Chiefs or whatever. But like, what happened? There was not a single person, there's not a single person on Twitter or in the world who thinks any of that went smoothly or as it should have. And that someone who's paid millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to coach should have put up. That was terrible. You run, you try to run the ball in the red. You're burning timeouts anyway. We can talk about those two. Terrible use of timeouts. <laughs> You burn, you know, you try to run the football and then you kick, you put your field goal team on and then you bring them off because you're, for whatever reason, with three seconds left, like you think you can kick an onside kick and then get the, I don't know, what the hell. And then you QB sneak to finish the game. So finally you run a QB sneak, but it's the end of the, it's the end of the game. Like what a, just what a stupid, stupid coaching staff and a stupid football team football wise. Like it was, they fired George Stewart and the special teams was like the best unit of the team. <laughs> And even, but even, oh even then, the special teams, like, oh, let's get the ball and suck and, you know, run to the 15 again. Like, how many times are you going to watch Troy Moen Pope and Joe Reed get to, like, the 17? You know, the Bills today, they're, before, I believe, I tried to do math before that game ended, they started at their own 31 on average. Um, the Chargers, I'm sure, started at, like, the 20 or 25 or something. Yeah. It, was, it was bad. Just bad, stupid football all around. It was. And, you know... The the blatant clock management issues today were just so, so terrible. And, you know, you save your timeouts in the first half, and, and then you're in the two-minute. They had the two-minute warning. They had one play before the two-minute warning, all three timeouts. They called a timeout and then punted after the timeout. And that wasn't even as bad as what they did in the second half. Yes. Like, Anthony Lynn is so bad at clock management, and... And I get it, like some people have harped on me, like, well, the Chargers aren't healthy. Yeah, obviously having Derwin James would be very helpful today. But still, like, you're basically, what is happening every single Sunday is that the opposing team starts with a 10-point lead before the game even kicks off because the coaching the coaching is so, so bad. And the special teams is so, so bad. And it's just not fair. Like, Joey Bosa, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, this team deserves better, man. And I can't stand listening to Rich Gannon anymore, but he was right. This team has way too much talent for them to be three and eight. And even when all the players were injured, like this is, this is purely coaching. And you watched the game against Miami and you watched today against Buffalo. And the difference between the two teams is simply coaching. The two rosters between the Chargers and the Bills are very comparable. 
They have very similar talent. They've got their quarterbacks are basically putting up the same amount of numbers. Their running backs are very similar. Receivers, very similar. Defense, very similar. But the Bills have a good head coach, and the Chargers have a terrible head coach. And that has just been he was all he was probably worse than Adam Gaze last week. Like No, yeah. I don't know, man. Anthony Lynn just needs to get the hell out of Los Angeles. And if it happens this week, I I would be thrilled. You know, I mean, Adam Gase did a pretty great job in that second half calling the plays. Uh, you know, he obviously doesn't have a lot to work with in New York. But, um, you yeah, know, I, I think you can make the argument that he was definitely outcoached in that second half. Um, and, and then I wouldn't even say if he was outcoached today. It feels like he outcoached himself yeah, yeah. <laughs> to some extent. That's fair. Um, and it's just like, you know, the, the timeouts were the real puzzling thing for me. Uh, you know, then Steichen deciding to run a run a run play after the Johnson Hail Mary. Um, I mean, the game was kind of over by that point anyway because it burned so much clock right. uh, on, on all the other dumb stuff. But it, it was just so weird um, to see them be this poorly uh, to see them be outcoached by this much. Like, I wouldn't even say against like the Dolphins or something like they were being outcoached by this much. Um, this one was just like. You know, Anthony Lynn went to the <laughs> the school of hard knocks this summer, uh, and then he went to the Andy Reid uh, pre Mahomes school of clock management. Uh, <laughs> it, it was just really bad um, play calling, pretty uninventive offensively, except for when they got their guys the ball. Um, yeah, I, I really just don't know what to say with this coaching staff anymore. I mean. They demoted Stewart, and like I would have to disagree. I honestly thought special teams was pretty bad in this game. Uh, you know, they didn't get anything on kick returns. It, Ty Long's, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure he shanked a punt pretty early in that one, and then Badgley misses an extra point, and <laughs> it's it's just the same stuff uh, on repeat. And the other issue with special teams was that it was when it was 24-14, and they're deciding to go for it on that fourth and one, like. Play calls aside, at that point in the game, like it's it's a really bad disadvantage to play with when you can't trust your kicker from forty yards. <laughs> like that is yeah. really a problem with this team. And like you know, we try to treat it like it's normal, uh, and but it's like it's it's at some point you can't because it's like well, it's forty yards. Like that's a chip shot in this league, and I, I just you can't really play like that. So the special teams is bad. The offensive coaching was just atrocious today, um, and 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 it's just weird. Yeah, as, you know, as Rich Gannon was saying, like this is a three and eight team that has you know the best rookie player in the league uh, in Justin Herbert that has Keenan Allen that has Hunter Henry and that has all these pieces, and it, it just never comes together. You know, there's always uh, one or two spots in the game plus the coaching that ends up being a letdown. Yeah, the offensive play calling, man. I, I, all three of us at one point in the season were, you know, we were talking about Shane Steichen potentially being like the interim head coach and like, you know, you gaining this momentum. And then in the last four games, he's taken a massive step back. You know, there was granted the Miami situation. I feel like Lynn had his handprints all over that. So I give him, I give Steichen like a half pass. But today, like you run, you're, you're third and one and you run a halfback dive. You don't get it. And then on fourth and one, you run another halfback dive just from the pistol. Like you don't, you don't motion, you don't bootleg, like anything. And today of all days, like the Bills defense was just teeing off on Justin Herbert and fuck the Bills defense, man. Like they were, they took three or four dirty hits on Justin Herbert. And how many bootleg calls did we see? I don't even think we saw one. Like Shane Steichen has taken such a step back over the last few weeks that, you know, Honestly, like Pep Hamilton is the only offensive coach that I think should stay on this team. And even if he leaves, I'm fine with it, obviously, because he's just a quarterback's coach. But, you know, this running a speed option to Josh Kelly, like it was poorly executed by Justin Herbert. I will say he definitely did not do Kelly any favors, but you're running a speed option to your fifth best running back and the least elusive running back on the roster. Like the play calling today was atrocious. And, you know, Shane Steichen, like, I don't know what happened over the last few weeks, but it's just it's just been bad. He's reached his ceiling, I guess. I mean, we saw a little bit of a, a mini peak at one point, and we thought, you know, he, you know, like you said, maybe give him a pass because of the Dolphins game. Then he goes and plays the Jets, 
and things start to open up a little bit more like okay we're getting somewhere and then it just reverts back to meh. it just looks like week one again which was confusing anyway I don't know even just going back to that game you have Tyrod Taylor and you call and you're missing offensive linemen and you call like two bootlegs and you know you don't get Taylor out in space you don't throw a running back screen you don't throw a receiver screen and it's like what are you what are you doing but okay maybe it's week one you know you don't have everything installed yet fine you know, what is this, week 12? What are we at? Yeah, week 12. And it just, like, I just don't get it. Like, the philosophy, like, even just the philosophy is not there. And yeah, Justin Herbert missed some throws today, and he definitely wasn't perfect today, and that's fine. But he also, you know, clearly wasn't being helped um, by his line, but then the coaches did nothing to help him. Like you said, no bootlegs. You know, let him let him roll out, or, or something, anything. What? There was nothing else. It was just, let's try to get it to Allen, which is fine, fair, get it to Allen, and get it to Eckler, sure. But that was it. Like they had two things to do and that was it other than run up the middle, run up the middle, get the ball to Allen, get the ball to Eckler on like short little things. And that was it. And the second half, they go, maybe we should throw it to Mike Williams. He's like, it's, you know, picked him seventh overall. Maybe we should throw it to him. And they finally throw it to him, <laughs> you know, and he makes some great catches here and there. And I don't know. I just, it, just right down to the fact that like the Hail Mary came down to like, not Hail Mary, the one play to Guyton where he pushed off, like, why wasn't that thrown to Williams or Allen? I just, I don't know. The whole thing was confusing. I'm ready for everyone to go. If Pep Hamilton has to go with it because it's a full clean house, so be it. Sucks. But if everybody has to go and everybody has to go and that includes Pep Hamilton, fine. Get rid of everybody. Um, I, I, I just really didn't understand in this game, like <laughs> the, 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 I guess the, they're down 18 points. And, you know, the only thing that was missing was a, a you know, halfback dive with Balazs. <laughs> that was the only thing that was really missing from this yeah. game. Down 18 yeah. points would be that. Um, but, yeah, they were just, like, running it straight up the gut with uh, usually Kelly uh, instead of Eckler, which was weird. Um, and I, I just don't understand what they were doing there the whole game. It, you know, it, I've been trying to, like, give Lynn credit in, in certain situations, but... It was just a full-on, like, disaster today. <laughs> and um, you have the Hail Mary, um, the burning of the timeouts, which we talked about. Um, and it's just, you know, the weird dumb penalties, as we said. I, I just don't understand how this team plays with, like, so little discipline from, like, week to week and just keeps racking up penalties, keeps racking up um, just dumb decisions. And, like, at some point... You know, we can blame Gus Bradley, we can blame uh, Shane Steichen, but that all comes from on down on top or top on down, right? Um, so I, I think that's the tough thing when watching Lynn regress so much as a coach, uh, in my opinion, from where he was two years ago, like in, in 2018, uh, and, and even last year. You know, last year was like, okay, the Chargers are five and eleven, but they, you know, <laughs> really terrible quarterback play, really terrible offensive line play. Um, and it's just not the case in terms of, you know, how many things were off from last year. So there's really no excuse to run to for Lynn. Um, and that's, that's the thing that kind of just sucks about this year is like, you know, you just straight up have a bad coach. There's, there's nothing else now. Um, so, you know, it's just so, so on brand, uh, you know, with the way the season has been going. It, yeah, that's very well said, Alex. And it, it really is just, it's not fun right now. I mean, like, we should be talking about Justin Herbert, like, you know, having this amazing rookie season, this all time great rookie season, and Austin Eckler's return, and like all these things. And Joey Bosa's, you know, his, the best game of his life, probably. And instead, we're talking about just Anthony Lynn being a terrible head coach. And it's just, it's so frustrating because they're, I mean, they lost by 10 points and like, it feels like they got blown out. Like it, it really does feel to me like they lost 37 to 17 and not 27 to 17. And it's just, this is all on Anthony Lynn. It's all on Shane Steichen. I guess Gus Bradley might get a pass today. I don't know, but uh, it's just the coaching right now is so poor. And I don't know, maybe I'll do a YouTube video this week of, of my favorite coaching candidates, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Matt yeah, Patricia? Yeah, Matt Patricia, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we put that to rest? I don't know. It's like, oh, let's start Matt Patricia. That's a good idea. Even for, you know, his bad head coach be a good defensive coordinator. You know who is a bad head coach but could have been a de decent defensive coordinator? Gus Bradley. I mean, do we really want to do that again, guys? And I mean, at least, uh, you know, I don't know. 
I don't know what you guys, not you guys, but <laughs> you, you, you who, you who are dumb and think this is a good idea. There, I Charter type. Oh, oh damn. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> our first, I think that's our first shots fired on this, on this podcast. <laughs> that's great. That's the first time we've fired shots on this podcast. I mean, honestly, it, like we haven't even gotten to talk about the big story from yesterday, which was one, the Matt Patricia thing, but two, the Broncos don't even have a quarterback. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh, it, it's just tough. Oh, to... and the Niners don't even have a stadium, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the Niners are homeless, and they'll probably they're probably going to become the San Diego uh, Niners. <laughs> see. The Carson Niners. Yeah, the, or the Carson Niners. That too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I want to apologize to Chargers hype because I accused him on Twitter of smoking crack. Um, and... <laughs> yeah, damn, dude. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that wasn't the nicest thing in the world. So whoever runs that account, I'm sorry. But it's weed, Alex. It's a lot of weed. <laughs> it's not go. crack. <laughs> it's just a lot of weed. Alex took it to Alex took it from zero to sixty real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've just seen so much Matt Patricia over the years, and I mean, especially the Super Bowl. Like, I just don't know how anyone could think this guy is a good coach. And, like, the, the Patriots became a historically great defense when he left and when it was Brian Flores. I'm like, I, I just don't understand how you guys can, you know, not you guys, like Tyler said, but it's just so weird um, that they're... Nah, fuck him anyway. Uh, can I read a quote for you guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Anthony Lynn, when asked if clock management has been an issue this year, I wouldn't say that. I would sit down and talk to you through every one of our decisions. I'm not saying that it's been perfect at all, but what happened today at the end of the game was miscommunication. Dude, yeah, Anthony, would... <laughs> Anthony Lynn's press conferences are honestly like the most useless shit in the world because it's like... The most, like I remember Stephen was watching it, I don't know, last week or two weeks ago before we were about to record. I'm like, he's not going to say anything. Like, he's going to say yeah. the most useless... And, and that's not really a diss on him. All coaches, you know, talk in generalities yeah. and crap. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but today is really the first game of the season where it was like, I would say 80% of this game or more was on Lynn, um, and the coaching staff specifically, you know, before there was like, oh, secondary sucks or, you know, the run defense, which was also a problem today, or, you know, the, you know, turnover, something bad. But today it was really, uh, all about Lynn and just, just how non-committal and you know half in you know one foot in one foot out he is on certain decisions um and that's really cost the team this season yeah so i'm looking at the just like the team stats right now the chargers had more first downs than the bills they had more passing first downs the bills had more rushing first downs they gave up more penalties, though. They were better on third down. They were better on fourth down, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, because the Bills didn't attempt a single fourth down. But it's just, you know, they had more yards. They had more drives. They had better time of possession. Like, this was literally just all coaching and execution today. And they had five penalties for 91. The Bills had nine penalties for 85 yards. Like, that's, that's pretty crazy. But, you know, they won the turnover battle, and that's just – you know, that is like Lynn's thing that he focuses on so much is, is winning the turnover battle. And they finally won the turnover battle. And it was their only – the only time that they lost by more than a possession was the one that they won the turnover battle 3-1. <laughs> <to one. sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> at, at some point, it's just like <laughs> I'm waiting for like the Anthony Lynn has been relieved of his duties tweet from Ian Me Rappaport too. or something. Uh <laughs> I do. I, I do think the you know uh, HB Lee dive memes are kind of funny with him, where it's just like he has the rookie of the year and a, you know Pro Bowl wide receiver, and he just goes halfback Lee dive, you know, all the time, and it, it's just so, uh, it's it's so ridiculous, and like it's not even like an appeasing style of football. Like I, I guess that's the biggest thing. Like we've seen coaches who, you know, uh, at least the team is like playing functionally well but you know either they do one or two bad things that cost them like you know i mean prior to winning the super bowl like anthony uh andy reed was like you know making clock management decisions and uh just you know tough to it was tough for him to put a really complete game together but then you know he got patrick mahomes and that was that 
but it was just like there's coaches that make you know weird decisions but still find you know at least a way to play like an appeasing style of football like the chargers like i mean even in 2018 when they were on all those one score games like they they've never really like put their pedal to the metal and like blown a team out and like have a great day offensively or like have all the units show up on a certain day uh and that that totally falls on coaching i think it's just been so frustrating to watch because in 2018 like that was lynn's thing like he was ultra aggressive all the time you know they went for fourth down like three or four times in kansas city they went for two to win the game and then today you know it's just a microcosm of the season like you don't go for fourth down in the first half and then because you're trailing you have to go for it on fourth down and it's like there's no consistency and that's been my biggest thing with lynn is like sometimes he does certain things and then in a different situation, the mentality changes because it's a different situation. It's like, no, you're fourth and short. You go for it. You're a losing team. You're three and seven. You need to be aggressive. And, you know, I, I like how on the first drive that they got in the second half, they were aggressive. They went for it on fourth down. They took some shots downfield and they scored a touchdown. Like that's what happens. They went hurry up. They up, they, you know, uh, up the up, up the tempo, excuse me, can't talk right now, but like I don't understand the thought process of well in the second half because we're trailing, we're gonna be aggressive. But in the first half, when you're trying to set the tone for the rest of the game, you call a timeout, you burn all this time, and then after you call a timeout, you decide to punt. Like I don't understand the thought process behind Anthony Lynn's decision making and and that answer that he gave was was bullshit. Like <laughs> Anybody watching Chargers football game know that clock management is an issue, Anthony Lynn. Like, it's okay. You can accept some responsibility for that bullshit. Like, it's just so frustrating right now. Consistency is definitely key. And, yeah, the difference between them going for it in the first half versus the second half was one yard. You know, you're down by a score or whatever it was. You should go for it. You punt. Then you're down by, you're still down in the second half. And you decide to go for it. Like, oh, now's a good time. You know, but like, but again, against the Chiefs, you know, earlier in the season, they were going for it on fourth. And against the Panthers, they went for it on fourth. So, like, what, like just have some consistency. Like, even, look, the Raiders got crushed today. But at least they'll consistently go for it on fourth. They went for it on their own, like, 35. And they, which is, eh, it's not quite the, the <laughs> Cowboys fake punt. But, you know, but at least, but Gruden oh, will gosh. always go for it on fourth. Like, they will always at least try to, you know, be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive. Didn't work today. They got destroyed by a losing Falcons team. But, I mean... I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. The philosophy overall is so inconsistent um, from Steichen, from Lynn, at least Bradley changed it up today, I think. And the special, special teams are just always bad. So Justin Herbert converted a Hail Mary, <laughs> you know, a la Kyler Murray. And it didn't matter. <laughs> like You knew yeah. when the play was completed that it wouldn't matter because they were, you know, all the stuff they did before the play and all the time they burned and <laughs> the decision to run afterwards. It's just, it's so ridiculous that they can, you know, they have this talent to convert all these plays, and consistently it doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, I, I really don't have any other words to say in regards to Lynn. It's just like this always will happen, and this always is going to happen with him. And it's just like I, I don't... You know, there, there would be a way, right, uh, I mean, we've talked about it, where if the Chargers were a struggling team and, you know, Herbert looked eh, and, you know, if they were 3-8 and eight, but they were getting blown out by 10 or 20 points every game because they didn't have the guys, uh, much like in the way that you've seen, like, I don't know, any of the NFC East teams right now, um, <laughs> much like any of those, but... It's like they have everything they need. I mean, not everything, everything. There are definitely positions they need to draft, but they have everything they need to be eight and three or nine and two right now. And they're sitting at three and eight. And that's the part that uh, hurts the most, I guess. No, they could legitimately be this, the Chiefs, like nine yeah. and one. Yeah. Steal, like, like they could be undefeated. It would just, just, ugh. anyway, that was my spasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know so apparently brian balaga had an upset stomach which i mean suck it up man but whatever i thought that was very um, weird because they they pulled him and they said illness i like, i was thinking it was 
I, I didn't put it out on Twitter because I didn't want to recklessly speculate, but I honestly thought it was like a Justin Turner World Series situation where they found out he had COVID and then, you know, something like that. But yeah. an upset stomach, I mean, come on. I have an upset stomach every day with what I eat, so. <laughs> 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 but, uh, I mean, this offensive line is just – it's so bad when Brian Blaga is not in the game and you know, Trey Pipkins just isn't it. And you know, the bills teed off on Justin Herbert. Yeah. But he had no protection today. And so I think he had like 55 dropbacks. I'm going to guess that there was probably like 27 pressures allowed. Like, and that's probably lowballing it by a few, but this offensive line, like, you know, I was actually talking with with my wife earlier before we started recording, and it's like Sam Tevy was probably the best lineman today. Like, and and that's not good. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen in the draft. You know, Daniel Jeremiah kind of lit Twitter on fire the other day by saying he likes Rayshon Slater over Panay Sewell. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I I can't agree with that. But you know, if uh, Rayshon Slater starts generating enough hype to get into the first round, like. You know, they're into the top ten. Excuse me, take him because this Chargers offensive line is atrocious without Brian Balaga. Yeah, it's gotten to the point where <laughs> I'm with the Eagles too, and it's like I can't decide whether I want the Eagles or the Chargers to pick Patrick Sertan. Um, that's just where <laughs> that's really where the season is. Uh, but yeah, Jesus, Tyreek Hill has 203 yards. Yeah, what the I just fuck saw is that happening? in the first quarter. <laughs> what? 203 yards, seven catches, two touchdowns in the first quarter. Oh my I'm trying God. to go on as you guys are talking. I'm trying to go through fantasy football to see who has Terry Kill. Christ, that's insane. I have him in one league. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that makes me oh. happy at least. Jeez, um, yeah. That's, at least hey, we have Jalen Guyton or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving at least? Because I had a really good Thanksgiving. It was nice. I ate food. Nobody lost that day. <laughs> Nobody lost that day except for the league because the Ravens and Steelers got canceled. Uh, um, I mean, I had a better Thanksgiving than Matt Patricia, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but no, um, I don't know. Thanksgiving was Thanksgiving was fun. We're, we're talking about Thanksgiving. <laughs> this team is so bad. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm I'm getting all these freaking texts from people like, oh, who should the Chargers hire and stuff like that. But all right, let's talk about it. Who should the Chargers hire? What do you guys think? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> um, I don't know, it's a, man. I, it's a weird, it's a weird coaching. You know, I guess uh, carousel year. I mean, obviously, like the answer would be like Eric Bieniemy or, or someone like that. Um, I do think the thing about the Chargers that puts them in a good position is they have a job that a lot of people want. Um, I mean, certainly a situation that's a lot better than the Lions or any of these other teams because you have Justin Herbert, because you have Keenan Allen, because you have Joey Bosa. Um, I think it's going to be an enviable destination for someone. And, you know, I have to imagine the Chargers, you know, just it, it's the best coaching job. <laughs> like I, you know, at least the one that's going to come open. So I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, I, Honestly, haven't done that much digging into assistants or college coaches that could move up the ranks. Um, I haven't done too much into that. Um, I heard Pat Fitzgerald for the Jets job recently, which was interesting. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, really, they they just need a disciplined coach who doesn't, you know, fumble clock management all the time. I'll take anyone. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, you know, kind of comparing my, my two teams, like the University of Utah, they've had offensive coordinator issues forever. Like they've always been super tough team, really good defensively, but the offense has always been like holding it back. And then they got this offensive coordinator, uh, from Vanderbilt two years ago. And then like the program took off because he took this, he took a team that was running an archaic offense into the modern, <laughs> world of football and it's it's been working obviously not this year because of covid and and things like that but yeah i think i think the chargers really need a coach to come in and and take this team to the modern era of football and and you know justin herbert like i'm not saying we need to see him be josh allen in terms of runs but like 
we haven't seen him break off a big run in a long time. And we, we don't see pre-snap, no, pre-snap motions all that often. We don't see, you know, run pass options all that often. We see it like once or twice a game. So I don't know, man. I look at two guys that I'm really interested in, and obviously I'll dig into this them some more, but um, Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator in the Titans, I – you know, I would love, to, love, love to see what he could do with Justin Herbert because, I mean, he took Ryan Tannehill from arguably a, a terrible situation and a bust conversation to one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. So I think, you know, his system is very similar to what like Jimmy Garoppolo runs in San Francisco and Jerry Goff runs in, in LA, obviously. So Arthur Smith is one guy I'm very interested in. And then He's super young, but Joe Brady is is very, very intriguing to me. And obviously Eric Bieniemy is too. But Joe Brady, man, I mean, he took Joe Burrow from a borderline day three pick average quarterback to like the best college football season. And then what he's doing in Carolina, I know they're not winning games, but I mean, he's kind of unlocking Teddy Bridgewater. Curtis Samuel's having a career year. Robert, Robbie Anderson's having a career year. And their offensive line is just as bad as the Chargers. It's just... Joe Brady really knows how to coach offensive football. And I think if you hire Brady, you probably have to get an older defensive coordinator to like kind of supplement the lack of experience, obviously not Matt Patricia, but (laughs) like someone like that. So I don't know. I'm not super convinced that Eric B is as no brainer as people think. Like he doesn't call, he doesn't call plays in Kansas city. He's just, he's kind of being, I, I think, a little overvalued just because mm-hmm. he is like the Kansas city coach. And like, and we've seen Matt Nagy as a terrible coach. Yep. He was learned under Andy Reed, uh, Doug Peterson. I mean, he won a super bowl, but he's a terrible head coach now. So I don't know. Like I'm kind of skeptical about Eric B enemy. And, and I kind of would prefer someone that's uh, a little more, I don't want to say less risky, but like to me, Arthur Smith would be like a no brainer. That makes sense. I mean, you have guys that you think that have, you know, taken their respective programs or their respective you know, sides of the ball and elevated it in some way. Whereas even maybe it's like Matt, Matt, Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick, like, yeah, Patricia, like they had a good defense in New England. You could consider that just Bill Belichick and they go to the Lions and it sucks. You know, so you have Andy Reid, who is clearly the offensive genius. And you don't know if you're going to get the enemy and then get the same, you know, I don't know. This really seem like the Chargers need a lot like they don't need a whole genius they just need someone who's good at clock management has some balls and can just try to maximize some of the players on offense and I, that's really it like if they would win they would be at least 500 just with the if they picked a random coach right now who could at least <laughs> do some clock management they'd probably be like a 500 team so i don't know though i guess the, the big question is whether lynn gets fired i think at this point they they are gonna fire him and i i really didn't think that was even a possibility you know, even with some of the losses, the bad losses throughout this year, but he's just like, he's right now on Twitter. I know that doesn't really matter, but he's, he's a laughing stock around the league. Everyone's saying what a joke of a coach. And it's just such a bad business decision to keep him around next season. I really think they're going to go to the business route and find somebody else. Maybe be enemy just because he is flashy. I don't know. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised that I'm even, I think that he's going to get fired. I, not that I'm surprised that he should be fired. But I'm certainly surprised that we're having this conversation that he actually will be fired. You know, we're talking about head coaching candidates earlier in the se- you know the season. Well, we didn't even want to talk about. You know, first we hated talking about the fact that we had to look for a new head coach, and then we didn't even want to talk about it anymore because we didn't think it was going to happen <laughs> and it wasn't worth yeah. it. But now it's like, geez, they really are just that bad that we have to talk about it again. <laughs> so, what a season it's been. Um, I hope they get a new head coach, and at this point, new general manager because. There was one player from the last two draft classes making impact plays today, and that's it. Like, you can't have, you know, 13 players or whatever it was, and only one of them is making a decent impact. And it's not even like, I mean, you know, maybe Murray did a couple of things, but otherwise, like, Adderley's useless, Pipkins is useless, Trakel is out, Eggboulet is gone, or not gone, but didn't do anything, Broughton's inactive, Easton Six a backup quarterback. Like, and then this draft class, pfft, I don't think any of the, you know, the two <laughs> receivers got a, a touch today. So they can all, they can all go anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe we can chop on with Greg Schiano. I mean, the best coach in college football, <laughs> but oh, um, I, joking about him, but uh, I, I don't know. Like, honestly, I think part of it is just like, to me, 
I mean, it matters who the coach is, but I think it matters more who is going to be the offensive and defensive coordinator to an extent. Because yeah. I think you can pick um, a coach who's going to be better at clock management and better at situational football than Lynn. I don't think that's going to be super hard to find. But I think to find a coach who's going to assemble that staff to maximize the abilities of Herbert, um, you maximize what you get out of the defense uh, when Derwin comes back next year and when you have both on the field. I think it's you know just about maximizing all those things. And it may be more importantly just cleaning house. Um, I mean, this has been kind of a, you know, I mean, Gus Bradley has been here long before this year. I mean, you know, he came, then he, you know, left for the Titans job, then came back. So maybe it's just you need some new blood at, at, at D.C. I mean, obviously, he was fine today. But uh, in general, he's been pretty bad this season. And then Shane Steichen is a rookie who kind of doesn't know what he's doing anymore. <laughs> so that's problematic as well. Um, you know, I haven't, you know, dug deep into who they should hire but I, I think a lot of it just comes down to who do you trust in situational football and who do you trust to assemble a staff? Th- those are the really um, big questions. I don't think you need a guy who um, is going to develop all these players because the players, to some extent, are already developed, right? It's why you know this team is so talented. Um, but I, I think you need that coach who can um, just situationally, you know, not collapse. <laughs> And that seems simple, but, you know, it's not like we're talking about a rebuild here like the Lions are um, or like the Jets might be. You know, the Jets definitely will be if they fire Gase. Um, it's it's not a rebuild. It's a, it's a retool, I guess. Uh, and, and that's the thing that I think we have to consider when talking about coaches. Yeah, this roster is ready to win now. I mean, I mean, it's like we've said that, you know, they could be nine and two pretty easily today. And so. I don't know, man. I'll look into the coaches some more. I, I think there are some Chargers fans that like Robert Salah, the defense coordinator for the Niners. I think that would make sense because, uh, I mean, he runs the same system as Gus. It's just a little more aggressive, which I think is is good. And, and he's obviously has a good reputation for developing linebackers. He's always aggressive. He's got some good energy to him. Um, you know, Alex mentioned Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern. Matt Campbell at Iowa State is another college coach that's generating a lot of buzz. I don't think Lincoln Riley is going to leave Oklahoma like ever because that's just such a good situation yeah, for him. Um, I mean, I floated the idea of Urban Meyer a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. He's had some major health issues, so I don't know if that's as good of a, an idea as maybe uh, it's led to believe. But I, I think, you know, with the way that the coaching world is going right now, you know, bringing a coach up from college, from the college ranks, it's not as bad as an idea as it used to be. So, you know, I think if you get a splashy coaching hire like Matt Campbell and let him figure it out and 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 do some fun things that Justin Herbert did in college, I'm not saying do all the screenplays, obviously. <laughs> sure. But, um, yeah, I think with Herbert's skill set, you have a lot of versatility there to really like fit a system and mold really whatever you want to be around him. And granted, like I said, I would be super interested to see him running the same kind of system and that. The Rams run and the Niners run and the and the Titans run. So Arthur Smith, I think, might be my first choice uh, right now. Obviously, you know it's early in the in the coaching carousel season, but um, there's definitely. I mean, Alex said it best. This is the best position. If they fire Anthony Lynn, this is the best job because yep. you know the Falcons are handicapped by their old roster. The Lions are handicapped by being a terrible city and a terrible roster. <laughs> the Jets, the Jets are handicapped by really having like nothing outside of Quinn and Williams and Mikai Becton. So, I mean, at least they have a ton of picks. But you know, the Houston Frank Gore, the, and Frank Gore, the, the Texans have no picks. I mean, they have Deshaun Watson, but that's about it. But I mean, the Chargers have nine, maybe ten picks next year. They have a great roster. So, you know, the Chargers' job is the best open job if they do fire Anthony Lynn for sure. I'm going to throw out a name. What about Todd Bowles? Um, I mean, he's been really good in Tampa Bay this year. Um, yeah. Kind of got boned towards the end of his Jets tenure because the Jets were the Jets. I mean, I'd be willing to take a chance on a guy like him. Uh, Jack Del Rio has done an awesome job in Washington. I know that's kind of a retread hire, but yeah. I mean, he's been really great this year and certainly knows how to at least 
uh, hire a staff like he you know he got Oakland to you know that point where they were originally right where they were a 12 and 4 team and you know then the owner said meh I want John Gruden anyway <laughs> but I I don't know I mean I think there's a lot of guys it's just about finding the right one um Byron Leftwich is probably going to be a hot uh, coaching candidate maybe um this season just because you know he's handicapped by a 43 year old geezer um (laughs) but yeah i mean there's definitely a ton of quality guys i think it's just about finding the right one um and and maybe experience is a big thing for me too because you know you know when anthony lynn i mean really was hired he he was the running backs coach i mean you know he 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 became offensive coordinator for one year but he was really kind of inexperienced and, and we've seen it play out on the field, especially in the last two years, just not quite knowing what to do situationally. Um, and I think so honestly, you know, a lot of people will say, Oh, avoid a retread hire and stuff like that. But I, I really think what you need more than anything else is just experience guy who knows situational football and guy who knows how to build a staff and, you know, some of those guys I, I, I just mentioned, I, I mean, I just opened up Pro Football Network 2021 head coaching candidates. I, I didn't really investigate too too deeply there. <laughs> um, but some of those guys I just mentioned, it's like they've been they've been around the league a long time. And it's not like, you know, they were running backs coach, then an offensive coordinator and then got promoted to head coach. Um, I, I think in retrospect, that's maybe one of the mistakes um, of the hiring of Anthony Lynn. If I had to point out something. Um, so yeah, no, Jack Del Rio would be interesting. Yeah, I, I think Del Rio would be a really interesting guy. Like the the Washington defense is insane right now. Like they just smother you. And like, I mean, obviously that defensive line is very good, but like, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's given up what ten, you know, I don't know, twenty points a game with Ronald Darby as his primary quarter. <laughs> it's just like yeah. you know he's found ways to make it work even if the you know back half of that defense isn't so great um so yeah no i mean there's tons of qualified candidates and i'm sure we'll see if anthony lynn is fired um but it's certainly leaning that way um so yeah no i mean i mean that's definitely it um no i i think that's it for me so i want to end it with this one i mean the chargers are three and eight they have five games left right so they have the patriots the falcons and then the raiders broncos and chiefs i maybe one win i i i don't know like i mean the falcons have the falcons look really good honestly you know they fire their head coach and it worked out i mean bill belichick it's always going to scare me to play against him and uh, the Raiders, I know they lost today to the Falcons, but it's in Las Vegas. It's a Thursday night game. I don't feel good about that game. I don't feel good about the Chiefs game at all because they're going to have something to play for unless the Steelers you know, lose two of these games coming up. So maybe they beat the Broncos. Like, What do you guys think about their last five games here? I mean, I think they can they can win some of them. Um, I mean, they've been really in position to win like every game except maybe the Dolphins game. Um, they've really been in a position to win every one. Uh, so I, I can't say, I mean, I can't say the Patriots have looked great. I mean, they're obviously a very well coached team, which is the difference. Yeah. Um, and I have to stress again, Bill Belichick will never coach here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I stress that again, but, um, I mean, I don't know. Can they beat the Falcons? Yeah. I mean, can they beat the Raiders? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think any of these games are really impossible to win and, could I see the Chargers right. going three and two in these games? Sure. Um, it, it's just a matter of doing it. And I, I don't see much urgency from the coaching staff. I, I think the players are, are kind of at a point where they're becoming disenfranchised with the whole situation. Um, and I, I, I don't know how that plays out. But, um, I, I mean, honestly, I just want to see them win as many games as we can. I mean, I know <laughs> I make the occasional joke about tanking for, you know, some guy that we don't even know is going to pan out or not. But I, I think it's just really about trying to get positive momentum into next year. And, you know, people say like, oh, lose games for Anthony Lynn. I mean, I, I don't think losing any more games will decide Anthony Lynn's job or not. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it'll just be uh, a decision made um, on, on a lot of points. But to me, it's just like 
not that I think they're going to go eight and eight, but it's like try to go eight and eight. You know, let, let's let's see what Justin Herbert can do. Right. We want Justin to win as many games as possible. Um, and we want this team to do uh, as well as it possibly can, um, even if I get sad looking at Tankathon. But, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I, I want to see this team win as many games as possible. I think the Falcons are beatable. I think the Patriots are beatable. But we've also said that about their whole schedule, and they've been in a position to win every game. So if Anthony Lynn nuts up and, and wins these last five games, I'm, I can't say I'm opposed to it. I don't think it'll happen, um, but I, I just really, I really want to see, you know, an effort from this team where I go, you know, that's the Chargers, you know, because they just haven't played a full game. You know, there's always some aspect that lets them down, whether it's coaching or on the field. Um, and I, I just really want to see complete football games where it's like, oh, well, that was a bad first half. Or that was a bad second half. Or that was a bad third quarter. Like, it's just like you want to see a complete four quarters from this team where they're not breaking down. And honestly, even though they have three wins, we haven't seen that yet this year. Um, so that's that's really what I want to see is just complete games, really. Yeah, I'd love to see them play a complete game. They won't. <laughs> there are five games left. And, you know, I'll, I'll look at the two. If they win two games, it's the Falcons and the Broncos. Um, they they should have just stomped the Broncos their first matchup. Yep. And this time they won't have to, they won't have to play in Denver. Uh, but then, yeah, the Falcons, oh, I don't know what kind of team they are. You know that they're going to win on a Young Ho Ku field goal, though. <laughs> like, you know that's how they're going to win next week. Oh, that would be painful. Uh, just to spite us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the Chargers will end up facing an opponent where they, you know, he threw for 84 yards today and two interceptions, but they played smart football and good defense and, and ran the ball okay. And that's the Patriots. So they're they're going to lose that game. Because um, Newton's not very good at passing, but the Chargers haven't allowed a passer. They've only, I think it's like 100, under 175 yards, three of the last four quarterbacks have thrown, and they're still losing. You know, and that's partially just because of special Yeesh. teams issues and defensive issues and whatever. Of course, Joe Flacco's the one that throws for over 175 yards. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the only. I was going to say just two little notes uh, for sure. me to end the show. Uh, the Jags just fired their GM. Uh, and two. Oh, wow. Uh, Two, uh, Joey Bosa was asked if he has confidence in the coaching staff. Quote, all of those calls are above me. That's up to the front office to decide. So what a meatball quote that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost not oh above your gosh. pay grade, though, Joey Bosa. You make a lot of money. I'm not really sure that's above your pay grade. You make quite a bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, eh, whatever. Anywho. Uh, yeah, the only other reason they'd win three games, I don't think they'll beat the Raiders and I don't think they'll beat the Patriots. Um, I do think they have a shot to beat the Chiefs technically because they could sit their players. Otherwise, if it's a full on game, no. I mean, they, I don't know, they play the Chiefs well. Like, that's the hope is if they play any team close, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, the guys who are going to win the Super Bowl this year. But, I don't know. Isn't that doesn't that suck though? Is that they've they took two the two teams that might be in the Super Bowl this year, the Chiefs and the Saints. The Chargers took them to overtime, and 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 the Chargers are going to go you know four and twelve. Yeah. Just, I mean, I feel so bad for the players, man. Joey Bosa literally like that should have been you know a game that we talk about forever, and you know instead they lose by ten to the Bills. So. I don't know, man. I, I we'll see. I'll do some digging into coaches and and really like to take it seriously, I guess. And and all aboard the draft train uh, again. You know, last couple of weeks kind of teased me a little bit, <laughs> but uh, we'll do some digging and we'll have some good talking points the next couple of times, guys. Any other thoughts before we wrap up today? Hungry. I am hungry too. That is that is a good thought. Uh, Alex, what I'm, about you, I'm just gonna leave it away and say, you know what. Uh, after this Thanksgiving weekend, Turkey is overrated. You know what? I'm going to say Turkey. Jesus turkey Christ. is a system meal. We talk about Tom Brady being a system quarterback. Turkey is a system meal. It doesn't function without any of the other pieces, and um, that's that's my uh, takeaway from this game. Have you salt ever had pepper is not a spice, turkey, Alex. <laughs> I, I eat salt and pepper. That's not the point. The point is it's not it's not it's a system meal. <laughs> I you gotta smoke your turkeys, man. That's that's the best way to do it. Um, I definitely you know have had some dry turkeys in my life, so I, I get that sentiment. 
but ham is worse. So you know, I wouldn't eat that is. either. Why? Why can't I just eat? I what did you eat, Alex? Oh, potatoes? I actually fun story. I actually got. I, I made mashed potatoes. I made stuffing. Uh, I made mac did. and cheese, and then I ordered some chicken wings. Uh, and that's, that's what I did. So, I mean, and the chicken wings are really good, and they take less than twelve hours to prepare than the turkey. So, you know, it, it's not as bad as saying you don't like nachos. So, do you not uh, like nachos? Oh no, no that's a Jason Reed thing. Jason Reed said that in our groups, our group chat the other day. Yeah, he also like at all. He doesn't like like che- at all. He doesn't like cheese at all. Huh? He said. He- <laughs> You don't like cheese? I How do you not like cheese? Like I don't like butter. You know, I, I don't like. I don't like. like what? Uh, Is I don't it know, crack man, that you smoke? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a, that was a good way to end the episode, you guys. Thanks for that, Alex. And uh, if you hate Alex's turkey take, make sure and flood his mentions with uh, your hate tweets. <laughs> um, all right, guys, that'll do it for us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. As always, thank you for your support. And uh, have a good week. Bye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.